Hello, the first Three Knox listeners. This is Scott Hamill. I'm going to be on an upcoming episode of The First Three Knocks, but for right now, I wanted to tell you about a new podcast that I've just released called The Stuntman's Guide to Staying Calm. And it's really less of a podcast, more a series of recordings designed to help you sleep better, wake up feeling empowered and refreshed, increase your focus, improve your memory recall skills, and just generally live a more enjoyable, more present life. I know this is kind of a strange time for a lot of us, and We probably have a little bit more stress than we normally would. So this is something that you would find helpful. I really hope you give it a listen. Again, it's called A Stuntman's Guide to Staying Calm. You can find it where most good podcasts are found. I really hope you enjoy it. On today's episode, we're sitting down with right worshipful brother Ken Adamson from the Scottish Rite. You're listening to The First Three Knocks, a Masonic podcast in the District of York, where we discuss topics for the betterment of Masonry. The opinions discussed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not represent the views of Grand Lodge or any other Masonic body. Now, here are your hosts. Good afternoon, brethren. This is uh, Worshipful Brother Bert Tellier coming to you from Hamilton, Ontario. We are on the road, the first three knocks. I am your co-host, sitting with... Uh, Brother Gino Scovio, also the current uh, junior warden of the Rising Sun Lodge out in Aurora, number 129. And Brother Steve Sprott of Zeradatha Lodge 220 in beautiful, historic Uxbridge, Ontario. Oh, he got the beautiful, historic in there, finally. <laughs> it is we, a lovely place. <laughs> it is a very nice place. We are very excited to be sitting down with Right Worshipful Brother Ken Adamson. Uh, you have quite an incredible uh, Masonic career, Scottish Rite career, York Rite. I think the uh, list goes the on, list goes and, on, on and, and on and on. But let me, let me try and cover a couple of these because I, I think it uh, sets the stage for uh, what we're doing here today in Hamilton. We're coming to you from the Scottish Rite Club in Hamilton, Ontario, which is an incredible building. We've had the opportunity to tour with the lights on this time. <laughs> so it was even more interesting with the lights on. Yeah. Uh, but You uh, had occasion to be here with the lights off? Yeah. Oh, you were at we the Grandmaster's Banquet? No, no. <laughs> when we came earlier, we snuck around a little bit oh, and I see. Uh, oh, I found see. a room yes. and we couldn't figure That's, the light situation, yes. but uh, our last guest was able to take us through on that tour. So yeah. that was yeah. great. So um, you are past master of Temple Lodge number 324 here in Hamilton. Indeed. Uh, past District Deputy Grandmaster of uh, Hamilton District C. Yes. Correct. Um, you are a member of eight lodges in all three districts in, in the Hamilton area. Is that correct? My goodness. A uh, member of uh, Royal Arch Masons, Ancaster Keystone Chapter, past First Principal. I am. And Grand Organist of Chapter. And I think you're also Grand Organist of... Uh, Scottish right as well. No, oh. no. Um, I'm grand organist of the provincial chapter of uh, the Royal Order of Scotland. Oh, there uh, you go. My, I my do apologies. play. We in your tour, you were probably in the cathedral. Now there's a beautiful three manual Casa von Organ uh, there that was installed coincident with the opening of the cathedral in 1923. 
uh, and I do, those are the instruments I'm trained on, and I certainly play that from time to time, but my duties as administrative secretary of the Valley pretty much preclude me my playing during reunions and assemblies, because I'm, You're I, busy. Have to, I have to be all over every area. I, can, I cannot be stuck at the organ. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very interesting yeah. role for you. In addition to all these, uh, these areas that you've covered in your incredible career, you're basically leading this, uh, this building and taking care of the stewardship of it. Well, yes, with the focus on the stewardship, there are many volunteer leaders and officers in, in, um, in the Scottish Rite Valley of Hamilton. There are, the Scottish Rite is composed of three bodies, the Lodge of Perfection, uh, the chapter of Rosecraw, and most of the 46 valleys across Canada have uh, both a Lodge of Perfection and a chapter of Rosecraw. Um, Hamilton also has a consistory, uh, and that's the senior body. That uh, Lodge of Perfection takes you from degrees 4 through 14. Uh, Rosecraw goes from 15 to 18, and consistory is the senior degrees 19 to 32. Uh, 33 is, is an, an honorary degree. Uh, and, and one thing that I should make very clear is that the, those degrees in no way supersede um, the third degree of, of, of Craft Lodge Masonry. Mm -hmm. uh, going back into the history of the Scottish Rite and, and its development, and incidentally, it's not really Scottish, it's French and German. The French in particular, uh, long story, the French in particular uh, liked ceremony and degrees and stuff, and that's how we got all those degrees. But right. uh, once you have achieved the rank of a master mason, that is, is uh, you know, the, the, the entry point. The, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is that just a master mason or a proven master mason? Uh, well, basically a proven master mason. Okay. That's something, you know, it's funny, in my history in masonry, proving of one's third degree sort of fell by the wayside mm -hmm. in a mm -hmm. number of lodges, and Temple 324 being a classic example. Now it's come back though, right? and I think it's terribly important. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, very, um, very impressive career that you've, you've had to date. It's been say. interesting. Yeah, you've covered a lot of, a lot of mm -hmm. ground. Maybe tell us a little bit, how did you get involved in, in Freemasonry and, and what led you on this path to, to join these groups? Well, both my grandfather and father were, were Masons. Uh, and as we all know, though, uh, they, they really can't encourage. Sure. Now, um, you know, my grandfather was forced to drop out of Corinthian Lodge 513 during the Depression. Simply mm -hmm. didn't have the money to cover what was probably probably annual dues of five or ten dollars you know and that was that was very Quite they had seven children and, yeah. and yeah. Uh, um anyway dad um was a member of ancient landmarks uh 654 uh and you know i must be honest dad was never a terribly enthusiastic mason but he did say to me on a number of occasions can you love it <laughs> um it was actually more through friends who were members of temple 324 that uh really sparked the interest and they didn't uh, uh, you know come knocking at my door or anything but there was you know there was a bit of encouragement there and <laughs> ultimately I ended up joining Temple 324. Oh and, wonderful. And, that, and that's how I uh, uh, now if anybody told me that night in December of 1984 that I would be as involved in the craft as I am today I would have told them they were crazy I was, just I, I was yeah I, I, I was in the laundry and dry cleaning business in a very significant way at the time and at that time, it was a very viable industry, not anymore, but, um, you know, I would have, I was really involved in the industry, right. but uh, 
subsequently I've become very involved in the craft. Well, you haven't looked back. I mean, you've, you've done a lot here and, uh, are you married? No, I'm not. <laughs> That's probably one of the, the factors that has allowed me to be yeah. uh, so involved. Is involved. I, I, in, in all seriousness, I think that's a very, very big factor uh, in, um, in masonry today. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the vernacular, there's the great Masonic lie. Yeah. Uh, that you know, uh, one night, one night, yeah, one once night, a a, one night a month. You could do it. Only nine or ten months of the year. <laughs> they don't say they neglect to say five days a week. You know, and, and, and that is a trap that that masons fall into. At one time, that was not a collective decision between husband and wife. Today, it very much is, yeah. and, and should be. Yep. And, and uh, um, you know, I can, I, I do recall back, you know, in the distant history, people saying, you know, don't don't get too involved don't neglect the rest of your life right. and, uh, and and i think that still a more applies even more so today than, than it did then mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit about your work here with the uh, the scottish right i mean this is an incredible building there's lots going on here well m- my my friends in temple lodge were also extremely involved in the scottish right so um, unlike Craft Lodge, any of the concordant body, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being encouraged to join. So, you know, once I had become a Craft Lodge Mason and a Master Mason, and in those days you had to wait uh, six months to, to be a Scottish Rite Mason after you'd become a, a, a Master Mason, um, certainly the, the pressure was on to get involved in the Scottish Rite. Uh, and in those days I was uh, very heavily involved. That would have been 1985 when I got involved here. Um, got my consistory degrees in November of 1986 and I you know I became in, involved in various uh, casts uh, the lessons of Scottish Rite masonry are portrayed in drama um, as, as exposed to, and there is certainly ritual involved but it, it, it is um, oppo- uh, you know as compared to craft lodge which is exclusively ritual um, Scottish Rite is is much more passive but you know you can be involved in casts and involved in in portraying those degrees and I you know got involved in that fairly quickly well the laundry and dry cleaning industry kind of headed south uh, in, in, in the 90s and, and early in the 20th century and uh, many participants uh, in that industry uh, were no longer able to continue and I was one of them uh, and I became heavily involved in those days I was on the board of the Scottish Rite Club uh, and I was asked, you know, would I be prepared to become general manager of the club? There was there were some issues, and I, I did that until uh, December of 2012, uh, and then I became administrative secretary of the Valley, and it's basically my job to liaise with all the Masons, and that's one of my reasons uh, for being involved in so many lodges as organist. I'm oh, very I visible out, out in the districts. Uh, and, and can, you know, basically get to know everyone in the districts. And that's hugely important because, um, you know, I coordinate all of the candidates coming in and, and uh, very, very important to know people out, uh, out in the districts. And the, the four districts that we regard as the Hamilton Valley or Hamilton ABC and Brant. And, right. You know, I'm, I'm pretty active in all of those districts. The um, uh, then the, the the other real side of my job is is keeping this building 
uh, running. The newest part of the building is almost 100 years old. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> uh, and we still, that. believe it or not, we still call it the new building. Yeah. Uh, uh, this part where we're sitting right now, and there's a controversy as to whether or not it was built in 1892 or 1895. Uh, Jeff Boyle, whom you met earlier, is, is probably considerably more of an expert on that than, than I am. But anyway, it was, it was built. I suspect that, that it probably was built in 1892 was built with tobacco money. Um, yeah. uh, that's before income tax and before uh, lung cancer was considered. <laughs> um, having said that, the, uh, the head of the household here was George Thomas Tuckett, um, who was second generation um, president of the Tuckett Tobacco Company, which was just down Queen Street here. Mm -hmm. I would think one of the primary perks of, of owning a tobacco company company would be a limitless supply of tobacco <laughs> products. And as a result of that, he died in 1913, <laughs> presumably of some sort of respiratory problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it did pass to a third generation, but uh, then in 1925, the third generation really didn't have very much interest in it. And it was purchased by Imperial Tobacco in 1925, which was a much, much smaller company actually than oh, Tuckett. Interesting. Tuckett was, was the largest tobacco company in Canada for many many years. Hmm. Wow. Tell us a little bit about the building now we heard uh, on our tour that there are several movies that were done shot here yes. that type of thing. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm sure you realized in your tour that the cost of maintaining this property is is very high. Uh, you know, a property of this age and complexity, I mean, there's always something. Um, just today, there's a, a, an issue with the elevator. That, that uh, um, it's it's actually one of the newer parts of the building. That little tower there, where the elevator is, was built in 1965, but that's 55 years ago. And um, the brakes finally wore out, or, or <laughs> I shouldn't say they wore out. The elevator didn't plummet, but they, they wore out of spec. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, you, you have to. So there's always, always something like that. Uh, I can on the imagine. Go. Um, both the heating systems, and, and there's a different system in this old part of the building, which is almost 130 years old, and the new building, which is almost 100 years old. They're still the original heating systems, uh, basically. You know, the, That's incredible. In, in each case, the boiler has been changed once. Uh, but, um, you know, you can imagine, fortunately, coming out of laundry and dry cleaning, I grew up with steam and boilers and, 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 and all of those You know things. a couple so of that's, things. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. So that's, um, that, that dovetails very, very nicely with my, uh, uh, with my job, just keeping the heat on, keeping the lights on, um, is, is a, a consistent challenge. Mm -hmm. and, and that's uh, part of my, so, you know, in summary, my job is to keep the building running, to liaise with the Masons in the district. My career as an organist uh, is very conducive to that. Uh, and then keeping track of everybody. Yeah. Uh, there are um, almost 6,000 members of, of this valley covering the province. At one time, um, Hamilton, Moor Sovereign Consistory, was the only consistory in Ontario. Now that started to change in the early 50s, when in 1952 a consistory was created in Thunder Bay, then subsequent to that there was also one created in Ottawa and in Barrie. Uh, right. But you know, because of the history of it, uh, Moore Sovereign Consistory remains uh, the largest consistory um, in Canada. 
and and you know and you have to keep track of all of that oh yeah it's i imagine it's, yeah, it's, just, it's daily yeah. that, that changes daily if not hourly mm-hmm. um uh, you know um unfortunately our largest cohort of membership now are people born in the 1930s um chaps who fought the second world war and then came back and became masons um quite frankly that and the decade before the 20s is is under fire, as it were, in ter- you know, yeah. uh, in, in, in terms of uh, members passing to the Grand Lodge above, and it's my job to keep track of all of that. Right. Well, that's a, that's a lot of work, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were chatting earlier with uh, Jeff as well, and one of the, the items we were asking him was, how do you see the, the Scottish Rite moving forward? How are you attracting members? How do you get the growth going? What do you see? <clears throat> it's obviously a challenge throughout Craft Lodge and all the concordant bodies. Yes, and let's let's start with Craft Lodge because I think that 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 is perhaps somewhat different than the concordant bodies. I think the challenges are somewhat different. Now, I I firmly believe that there will always, however long that might be. Uh, be Craft Lodge Masonry. And I know there are lodges struggling in the province of Ontario, and just today I heard a number quoted that we're now slightly less than 30,000 Masons in, in the province, and that's probably half what it was mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I became a Mason. But uh, having said that, and there are lodges that are struggling, but there's also lodges that are doing very, very well. Yep. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, uh, the Barton, the lodge that you're going to that attend tonight, being Absolutely. a perfect example of that. Um, lodges seem to either be above or below critical mass. If you can get a group of young men involved, the lodge starts to perpetuate itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, if, if there are, are no young people in the lodge, and there's a, 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 a bit of a, to me, a, a paradox there, uh, you can love a lodge to death. Um, you know, we, we've always done things this way and, and this is the way we want to do it, but boy, do we ever need new members. But unfortunately, there's often a caveat to that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the caveat is uh, we, um, you know, the new members have to look, sound, act, etc., exactly the way we do, you know, ah, in order yeah. to. And, and, and that's a very easy, churches fall into that trap. Yep. Uh, it's very easy, but ultimately, to succeed, masonry has the the demographics of our craft have to mirror the demographics of society. Clearly, if they don't, um, then then we're probably not going to succeed, or at least we we're not going to succeed to the extent that we could. Now, certain lodges, certain areas, Toronto, I think, being a classic example, have made that transition. Yep. Uh, very very successfully. Other lodges haven't, and um, I firmly believe there's possibly a correlation in, in what I say. Now this, what I'm saying is very anecdotal. I, I should, I should stress that, but uh, it, uh, um, I, I, I do think there's an issue there, but I think Craft Lodge Masonry is going to continue to exist. Will it look the way it did in 1984 when I came in and um, you folks have obviously been involved for a considerable length of time? It's not going to look uh, at all like what any of us thought it would look like uh, when we came in, but will it thrive? Yes, in, in, in a somewhat uh, different form. Now, uh, concordant bodies, um, I think, face a somewhat different challenge. And let's face it, there are three primary concordant bodies uh, in, in, in the province, the Scottish Rite, the York Rite, and the Shrine. Uh, at, 
now I, you know, I society, and we discussed this earlier. Society has changed in that um, uh, for for most young men, and particularly young men who are married, uh, spare time, spare time activities are much more of a collective decision uh, mm. uh, today than they were 30, 40 years ago. And I think that's as it should be. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that's a good thing. But um, uh, I, I don't think a young husband uh, really has the option of spending an unlimited amount of time uh, with Freemasonry or anything else. Uh, you know, the, the it has to dovetail uh, with with family life. So that puts some pressure on the concordant bodies uh, in, in terms of membership. Uh, Will, and obviously the Scottish Rite is, is the body that I'm closest to, will the Scottish Rite continue to look the way it, it, it did in 1986? Um, will it look the way it even does now? I firmly believe that it won't, uh, and I'm not saying that in a negative sense. Will it continue to exist? Yes. Um, yeah, yes, it will, but it's, it's, it's going to look very different, probably much uh, more so than, than, than craft lodges. And I think the same applies to uh, the, the York Rite and the Shrine. Uh, the, 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 there simply isn't the time available in society, and time has to be used judiciously. Mm-hmm. I don't think at times in the concordant bodies, or even in craft lodge, we really recognize that. Um, someone in my situation where because i'm not married my time is more or less my own um and, and even so, we, we we're not conscious enough of that of, of how we use people's time and and we need to i think we need to come to grips with that well said, well said absolutely yeah yeah it's a very uh very interesting yeah. point of view on it that must topic. be used judiciously yeah yeah i think that's very well said and and obviously it's a major challenge for not just craft lodge but concordant yes. bodies as well and and even outside and of frankly these all yeah all service bodies uh um you know i was very involved in the united church of canada for many years a, a church that incidentally is now closed it's being used for the next six months as the site of a movie shoot and it's being knocked down um i was I, that's Somewhat sad to me because that was the Casavant organ, Opus 1285, oh, yeah. that I first learned to play. Oh. Uh, that's where I, I, I studied organ. So there's a, um, that, that's sad that, that what what happened. But, um, you know, I've seen people get excessively involved in, mm-hmm. in, in churches, too. That, yeah. that, uh, At a cost. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> I can vividly remember a seminar one Saturday that, uh, and, and, uh, the the person, like, heavens no, I don't, heaven knows I don't remember uh, who, who the presenter was, but uh, you know we got up and, and said, you know we 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 see a new person um, come into the church, and the first thing we try and do is put that person on a committee. <laughs> well, well, you, you know, maybe the person just wanted. To be there. Uh, uh, to be there, uh, yeah. to have a worship experience, was not interested in governance. And I think at the end yeah. of the day, uh, that's a mistake we make too in, in, in lodges. What do you know? Well, that, gee, that, that you know, person gets initiated. Um, Fresh you know, meat. That, that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> right? you know, usually yeah. we wait until after the first meeting, usually. 
but but you know the first thing we do is is uh, make see, sure they you know that's right you know, this person can be junior steward you know yeah. and then um <laughs> l- let's let's let people get used to the craft and 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 develop in the craft before we put them in charge of governance and i think right. it's a terribly flawed assumption that 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 someone wants to be involved in governance yeah maybe they just want to experience mm-hmm. masonry just like the Heaven social forbid. media committee i mean you know being thrown in the social media committee right <laughs> off the bat yeah, yeah. i haven't had a night off was in that a year. the first or the second meeting <laughs> yeah. i think it was the third he was uh, a, third uh, okay fresh third, yeah. an apprentice and yeah. he was introduced to yeah. us as far as a wonderful talented person that gets to do all these things and mm-hmm. what you know it wasn't uh if it wasn't for steve we probably wouldn't have this show going the yeah, way it is. Yeah, yeah. So it is I, something, but he also recognizes that it certainly takes time and planning. Mm-hmm. And you yep. know, he's got a significant other at home too, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that they, uh, you know, weigh out what is important and when, and, Discuss and you have to and circle ponder. dates. You know? I, I'm terribly lucky, and in, in, uh, in, in, you know, in my, in, there are some people that would be scratching their, well, will be scratching their head. Eight lodges, good grief, is the guy crazy? <laughs> he probably is, but anyway. Um, Playing the organ is something I love doing. Um, Usually, the the, the motive for getting people involved in the line is that the people asking really don't want to be as involved in the line as they are. So, you know, you use the term fresh meat, and that's, you know, that's probably very, very, very true. Yeah. No, that's very well said. Um, Right, Worshipful Sir, one last question for you here, because I know we got a a big night planned tonight at the Barton Lodge. We do indeed. This is the... Uh, the day after the 225th yeah, anniversary of the Barton Lodge. You know, I'm a bit of a history buff, and if you think about uh, you know, what was happening 225 years ago, uh, it was only 53 years after um, the British Empire changed from Julian time to the, the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. Only 53 wow. years. From, and that happened in September of 1752. You went to bed on September the 2nd and woke up on September the 14th. Three to 13 disappeared. Just think about the, the implications of, exist, of, of trying right? to do that today. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and what we, happened we with Y2K. With, uh, we struggle with daylight savings. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Difference and yeah. What happens when you make 13, you know, 11 days disappear? Um, it was... Um, 53 years after George Frederick Handel wrote The Messiah. Uh, the Messiah was still relatively contemporary music. Mm. Uh, the Barton every year has uh, Robbie Burns Night. Robbie Burns was still alive when the Barton was Barton Lodge was constituted. <laughs> it, it's just nice context. Uh, yeah. it, it just blows me away. Yeah. That, that, and that really does say something, A, about the lodge and B, about the institution. One cannot argue in any way, shape, and form that there isn't a place in society for the institution mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know how we manage that is and quite frankly the Barton's done a pretty good job over the oh, last it's clear. 25 yeah, it's years. Clear. I mean oh. it's all it's been new news for us mm-hmm. today but we've learned a ton at the first three knocks and uh, you have something special going on here mm-hmm. in Hamilton that uh, we're very I, pleased to I say um, and I'm going to say tongue-in-cheek you really like the music at the bar. <laughs> there's a plug well we look forward to hearing some of that music uh, so, Right Worshipful Brother Ken Adamson, we very much appreciate you taking some time to sit down with us, share some insights, your wonderful point of view. And uh, I think it's easy to say uh, on behalf of Masons that we appreciate the work that you do here. Well, I very definitely appreciate, A, the time that 
um, you people have given me today to express my point of view. And B, I, I very much appreciate being part of this, this wonderful fraternity. Excellent. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The First Three Knocks. Happy to meet, sorry to part, happy to meet again. <laughs>